Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and pay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Ray Time. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is Friday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com. Your email is to rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. We're here. Maybe a couple of minutes late. We're sorry, but we are here. Ray, we got tons to talk about to finish up free agency, baseball, tennis, Euros. Bunch of stuff off the field first, but I got to address the nation. Ugh. Peace, people. Peace. This is why Ray and I love to do sports and music, be a distraction. I, I, I just, I, my heart is so heavy as a father of four sons. Look, I, I can't have this going on anymore. Jesse Williams said it so beautifully. And then, then to have two more black men basically murdered and killed in Louisiana, Minnesota by cops. It's not good. And then last night, totally unacceptable. Even though it's a lone wolf or whatever this guy is, look, to kill cops, it's not cool. Can we just, as Rodney King said, all get along and have some peace in our country? It's 2016. Let's spread the love, right? Yeah, spread the love and also recognize that life is the most precious thing that you could have on this world on this planet in this world so you we need to hold life more valuable you know life is precious you can make mistakes you can uh you know do things ultimately death is final so let's let's just keep that in mind and and you know you can protest and you can you can have disagreements and there's ways to work that out but you you can't you know, be taking lives, whether it's, you know, for whatever purpose, uh, let, let, let's stay alive. Let's stay alive to debate about sports, about life, about politics, about Definitely. whatever, but you got to be alive first. And a four-year-old should not have to see their father be shot and killed in front of them. Oh my God. Anyway, enough of that, right? So before we get to the big stuff, the little stuff off the field uh, we got to address football. We've been talking and, and NBA so much. Look, Rays Cowboys are going to continuously be a mess. I got a jab at him. McLean, a 10-game suspension. Our boy Sheldon Richardson. He's all Rays' favorite teams, by the way. One-game suspension. Um, you know, and it was a third guy. I forgot now. And then, you know, the AFL talking about, oh, we'd give Manziel a job. Let's just stop it. These guys serve their things. Get yourself together. 
your boy in the UFC, John Bones Jones, relation to Chandler and, you know, maybe one of the most talented families. I got a third brother doing something. He gets suspended for PED use from, uh, what, UFC 200. So, I don't and know. he was the headliner. Oh, gosh. He's, he's a star, you know, and they were going to have a, a great fight. But, uh, you know, that falls apart. But your boy Silva... I love it. Silva's up to bat, right? He just fills in. It's like, uh, you need me? <laughs> that's that's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, Brock Lesnar. He's, I mean, he's probably at the gym somewhere whipping up on some people anyway. He gets a phone call, and he's like, let's go. Keep, keeping it diesel, huh? He just, he just keeps it ready? <laughs> I'm ready. So, you know, all that stuff. But on the positive side of the NFL – Ray, you know that it's 12 months a year, and they're brilliant. Now, the NBA, give them credit. They've really, you know, overseas and international, and and their free agency is huge. But two things have just recently come out with the NFL. July 4th weekend, all or nothing. It is like a documentary behind the scenes, and this is on Amazon, of the Arizona Cardinals season last year. It's sort of like... Um, hard knocks, a little bit more in depth, and it and it goes everywhere, and it's showing a whole organization from draft to the end of the season. I've seen almost all of it. I'm, I'm up to you know whatever when they beat Seattle. I've got three or four episodes to go. It's brilliant. Patrick Peterson's daughter Peyton being born, just you know the the different the GM's family, the owner can fly planes, all these different things. But it's just fascinating, and I feel like the NFL is like you know what. Let me get all these binge watchers, July 4th weekend and the rest of July, whenever they want to watch it, to be able to watch a great NFL films, movie, documentary. And I think they knocked it out the park. Have you seen any of it? And what are your thoughts on it? No, I haven't. But I think it's brilliant. And you're right. Ah. The NFL stretches that marketing all year round. And to give Hard Knocks a little competition, because Hard Knocks is already a little bit stale. I mean, it's been around, what, for 10 years already or more. So... That's great. I think it's great, and it gives people, like you said, binge watchers. It gets the younger crowd involved. Obviously, the yeah. fanatics are going to watch it, but it, it keeps that young audience interested in the NFL. So it's a brilliant move on all sides. Amazon. Is it Amazon or Netflix? No, Amazon. Amazon. It's, uh, I tell you, everybody's doing their, their bid on programming, and then I believe it premieres Sunday or Monday you have Bleacher Report with their documentary called Vic on Mike Vic. It started off with a small piece uh, about him playing chess in prison and then, you know, morphed until a, a whole full, I guess, 40 to 50 minute uh, documentary movie just about how he's changed and how he's an advocate for animals rights now and his career and just, you know, just all of it. And, um, just a fascinating man, life, and story. And, you know, I think some people will forget who might be younger than us how amazing he was at uh, Virginia Tech and also at Atlanta those first seven years before his tragic fall, Ray. Vic was, he was Twitter, right? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, so yeah, that, he, was, he was one of a kind, that guy. And then friends of the show, one of our guests, I had to tweet it out, I think a couple of days ago, Randall Cunningham's daughter is going to Rio. How about that, Ray? I, I thought that was just awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I think it's high jump. 
you know, I mean, his kids are so talented, but that's just, uh, it's a great story as we, you know, get closer to the Olympics, you will hear and, and talk about, you know, more fascinating uh, stories and different things. And I saw tonight on ESPN, you know, I knew about some of it, but, you know, Manute had passed away at 49 years old, Manute Bowl, but I didn't realize how much he did for the Sudan and Sudanese and South Sudan becoming, you know, basically its own free nation again, and just how much he went to back and forth while he's playing in the offseason to, to basically fund the war against the, you know, the rebels killing innocent people there and came to our Congress and had uh, diplomats and, you know, all types of politicians in his home in D.C. hosting them to, you know, basically to petition our Congress to, like, help the people of Sudan immediately. Not September, not August, but now, you know. And uh, props to Manu, man. Rest in peace. And I think uh, it shows that people can do big things, you know, not just be a big man. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because you forget that these guys, a couple things, that the guys from Africa have a lot of political kind of awareness and they want to do stuff for their home country. And you also forget that basketball players and athletes in general retire in their late 20s, early 30s, mid-30s. So they have a long life ahead of them post-retirement where they can do a lot of good things. No, you're right. You said it best. And I, and I think that was just, uh, you know, fascinating to hear. So before we get to, you know, we'll get to the, to the soccer and, and the Wimbledon in a little bit. And we're going to talk about the uh, MLB All-Stars, the starters, the pitch, some interesting people that are in All-Star games. So Angel might not know. But, Ray, um, Dwayne Wade, you know, it's sort of the last, big star and last big name and we'll talk about some other signings but you know things were official on the 7th but you know here we are now Friday the 8th and Dwayne Wade decided and I think along with Miami I think they draw their foot in the line at at 20 million a year to move on and he goes to the Chicago Bulls where we spoke off air where they potentially have a playoff team this year but definitely have an interesting roster with Rondo Wade, Butler, Gibson, and Lopez off the bench, Portis. They trade Dunleavy to the Cavs, which is a whole other fascinating thing. But they have McDermott and Jerry and Grant and some other players. How do you view um, Jimmy Butler's ego in terms of hand, handling the basically uh, uh, NBA legend and Wade coming? Rondo said it's Jimmy's team. I don't know if Wade will say the same thing. And do you think the Bulls will still move him potentially to the, you know, Celtics or Sixers for an Okafor or other players? Do you think the Bulls are done? And do you think, if not, Butler, Wade, Rondo can exist together successfully? So I think the Bulls are done with major moves. And just because of age, you got to build that team around Jimmy Butler. Now, where there's smoke, there's fire because apparently they've been looking to shop him, which I don't understand. They just signed him to the deal, and now they're looking to shop him. But I do think you can build around Jimmy Butler. Now, if Jimmy Butler's your best player, you're not winning a championship. But in this day and age, you put three guards together. The only problem is neither of them can – none of that – I guess they're starting five. Nobody can really shoot. So you add (laughs) – 
you know, you add Lopez, who's a banger, and Todd Gibson, who can't shoot. So you got five players on that team who can't shoot. So that's like an old-school basketball team. Uh, but I don't think you could trade Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's young. He's in his 20s. He's the anchor of the team. So in that respect, I think they're done. Uh, it would be nice to get a couple shooters around them, uh, pure shooters. But this will be an interesting team. I mean, they're a little bit small because one of them's got to play small forward. So, so Butler at 6'5", is an excellent defender. Uh, you know, Wade's minutes will probably be a little bit limited. But I think I'm, I'm actually very interested to see that backcourt. You're right. It will be fascinating. And in the new wide-open NBA, this is a penetrate, clog the lane, not too much open space with a lack of shooters. So we'll see how it plays out. And then, of course, as the ridiculous contracts continue, um, $75 million for years. Alan Crabb with the Nets. I got to tell you, the Nets have kicked out some cash to Crabb, Tyler Johnson, uh, Jeremy Lin, I guess it's, you know, they would definitely win a YMCA league, but, <laughs> you know, when I think about, or at least Brooklyn, I, they might struggle in Rucker Park, but, you know, they could win some places, Ray, but I, I, you know, I hate the joke, but I just, I don't know that much money for a losing team in that much years and I know they have to win, you know, get to the salary minimum because what we are 94 million. And I think the minimum was 86, 87. But goodness gracious, Ray, couldn't they maybe have gotten somebody else, other guys? What are your thoughts with that? I mean, ugh. I don't know, man. It's musical chairs, though. All the good yeah. free agents are signed. So if you're looking at adding folks to the Nets roster, who's out there? I mean, Lamar Mundane is, <laughs> you know, he's been retired. <laughs> <laughs> from the commercial world, but I don't know. I mean, and you know what? Put yourself in Alan Crabb's shoes. He knows that, right? The Nets would love to sign him to a one-year deal, two-year deal, <laughs> even for $25 million, like a Dwayne Wade type of deal, and then just go away because hopefully we will have drafted or maybe free agents next year or whatever. But his agent says, no, no, no. We want, we want a commitment. We want four years. So the agent's smart, too. Um, so, I, you know, where, where the salary cap thing backfires on some teams is the fact if you're late to the game, you're going to have to sign people. You're going to have to overpay people. Definitely. And so just, you know, OKC, Mitch McGarry, he, uh, you know, got suspended. I guess it's the third time with marijuana, so he'll miss five games. Um, you know, to get to that point, you have to be on your third strike. So he. He's got to, you know, chill out and maybe mature because actually OKC could really use him next year to step up and be, um, you know, the athletic stretch for that people thought. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Another kind of knucklehead, Larry Sanders, is trying to get back into the league and working out for teams, supposedly looking good. And you and I were always baffled about him not being on a roster the last year and a half after he was with Milwaukee, you know, I guess he just was kind of untouchable and had to get himself together. Um, I don't know if you've noticed the, the now the exodus after Durant. So they're able to keep Ian Clark, but Barbosa goes to Phoenix. James Michael McAdoo, they keep. Um, you know, they had Livingston and Iguodala under contract. Mo Spates goes to the Clippers. Fascinating, right? And I think that's a rival. So they actually, that one could hurt them because Mo Spates, 
you know, we don't get the defense, but he can definitely give you Mo Buckets. And that's a, a good matchup, I think, for um, the Clippers to have, to have him play a little backup for maybe some center on the court with Blake. Um, what'd you think about also them, you know, losing Brandon Rush to the Mavericks and, um, you know, basically they're going to just get these veteran, you know, minimum contracts uh, like, like what we saw and maybe Ray Allen signs, they already got, and maybe David Lee comes back, but they already have Zaza Puchulia and David West. Uh, how does this potential championship roster finish out for you? Does Ray come out of I retirement? Yeah. I think they're fine. Keeping Iguodala Livingston, I think, was big. Um, they could use some size. So David West hopefully helps them. If they can get your boy back uh, and he can have a resurrection of his career, that, at the end of his career, that would be good. David Lee. Uh, David Lee. Yeah. That's not a bad one. Size, right. but, but I'm not worried about them from the guard, you know, from the guard rotation standpoint. Oh, I mean, no. they're, they're totally fine. And you know what? Kevin Durant can play some four, just like Draymond Green. Uh, he's a good rebounder for his size. He's tall. He's lanky. He, so they'll be fine. And you know what? For the next few years, they're going to have a rotating ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th man. They're just going to rotate in and out of Golden State because they're not going to be able to pay them as much as they would like. But somebody wants to be with a winner, showcase themselves, and then get paid somewhere else. Golden State is not a bad place to be for the next few years. You're right. And like we said last show, it will just be like the Miami Heat four-year run where they have different veterans, you know, coming in and getting some rings. Speaking of which, a couple of things. So Derek Williams leaves the Knicks and goes to the Miami Heat. That's surely not a replacement for uh, Dwayne Wade. Maybe he'll cut off the blonde dreads, or maybe he'll keep them down in South Beach for a one-year deal for $5 million. Um, then your boy uh, Rudy Gay is demanding or requesting. He's, he's a gentleman. He's not demanding. He's requesting – his trade for Sacramento, he's like, look, this team's a mess. Rondo's gone. Nobody's going to control Boogie Cousins. Get me out of here. <laughs> so that'll be fascinating. Then the Sixers, Dario Sharik decides not to come over where we thought he was coming over. And this is just the point, right? Another, And this is supposed to be a great European player who was a top, what, 10 pick. And we haven't seen him for years now. This is going on season three. So it's, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for the Sixers, but I think their young talent will work out. We'll see if they're still done. Would, if you had to bet on it, do you think they move Noel or Okafor before the season starts? Yeah, I think they have to. I mean, there's just so many minutes. Even from a developmental standpoint, you know, you're just not going to get enough minutes to play and, and develop your game. And all of these guys are young and inexperienced and need to learn how to play ball in the NBA. I mean, Noel was a freshman, and B didn't play a lot of basketball even before Kansas, and Okafor was a freshman. So uh, those three big men need to, you know, there's just not enough minutes. No, you're totally right. And I didn't get to mention Festus go, Festus Azili also leaves and goes to the Blazers. So um, we lost our guy Galloway. You know, we were talking to Ian about maybe getting him back. He, um, I'm sorry, not Ian. I got Ian Begley on the mind. Anthony Donahue. Both our guys, right? We, we, we roll with the, the New York Knicks guys. And, um, and Anthony, you know, told us how much he likes, you know, Galloway. But we lost him to the Pelicans. And um, 
I guess the the one other fascinating thing before we uh, leave the NBA behind, um, Ginobili. He comes back for one year with the Spurs, and we're waiting to hear about Manu! Duncan. <laughs> who I feel like he's he's you know gonna gonna retire. You just you just really don't know with that situation with Duncan, and I guess he could wait till like the last minute. And like I said, going to summer league. The Knicks have agreed to uh, bring both the guys to training camp, Plumlee and um, Ron Baker from our summer league team. And and for Orlando, tonight starts um, Vegas. So I think the Lakers and Pelicans are on now if you want to see Brandon Ingram. But, Ray, um, our boys, uh, the Orlando white team, which basically had nobody, Justin Detmer, um, (laughs) they won the championship over Stanley Johnson and the Pistons. And we end basketball with what's going on with your boy Larry Brown. He sort of decides to step down and break out of another place, SMU, um, you know, with potential, uh, what, suspensions or bannings along the horizon some penalties. How do you feel about Larry Brown? And was that the last time we ever see him coaching or? Is yeah, he he's done. Like a... I, I think he's done. He's just, he's just not, the game is different. And I think Larry Brown needs a special type of situation. Um, you know, that underdog situation where you're desperate to win and you'll listen to him and, and he's kind of ornery and gets on people's nerves after a while. So He's done. He's what is he? Seventy three or so. He he's yeah. he's done great things. He won a championship in oh five with the with the uh, or was it oh four? No oh five with the Pistons beating the Lakers four beat. one. Yeah. He won with Kansas. He took UCLA to the final four. He did plenty of big things. You've got a hell of a career there, Larry Brown. Hang it up. Oh, he won right, right off in the sunset. Right. He won wherever he went with the Sixers, the Nets. With some bad teams, yeah. Yeah. No, you, you got to respect his career. Just seems to be a little bit of mess and controversy wherever he went after a couple of years, though. That's the, the only knock that you would have on him. Oh, yeah, and we did mention um, Barbosa back in the sun. So let's leave the NBA alone. You know, things will be fascinating. We, we're work, probably working on a, on, on, on a nice guest for you. Um, to talk about some of the, you know, capping up this NBA draft free agency and, and just, you know, talk about the NBA. We don't want to tell you who it could be, but, you know, a, a champion of, of great teams. So we'll see how that works out and we'll maybe have him in a week or two. Um, Jefferson not only goes back to the Cavs, Ray, and they had the Dunleavy. I thought but he I, was retired. No, he decided to come back for two, a two-year deal because of all that dough, baby. Two years Five million. Now we need to talk to the agent Leon Rose for J.R. Smith because he hasn't signed anywhere yet. I don't know what he's doing. And you know, Jose Calderon is, um, you know, um, by the Bulls. He's um, being just was traded to the Lakers. So that's uh, you know they had a clear space to you know bring in uh, Dwayne Wade. So not only did they move. Dunleavy, they got Calderon to the Lakers, which I didn't realize that, so that's fascinating. But the last thing, the Cavs, they also brought in uh, Birdman, Birdman um, with Dunleavy. They, get, they signed Chris uh, Anderson, so that's good. You know, LeBron had him down in Miami, a banger and a little thug athletic rebounder, so 
everybody's getting ready. Everybody's getting ready for a Cavs Warriors finals again. Part part three, Ray, the trilogy, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it's crazy. looking like. All right, well, we did enough basketball. Let's move on. Definitely, move definitely. On. Baseball, baby, it's been very, 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 very good to me. Or do you want to jump into knock, – let's knock out this tennis and, and, and the Euros, man. You know, we talked about with, – with the soccer, we talked about uh, a Germany-Portugal final. You know, you were kind of thinking it might be France, and you were right with your initial thought, but then you went against it and went with Germany. What are your thoughts, though, with Portugal against France on it's Sunday, correct, for the Euro title? In, Sunday in, in at 3 yeah. o'clock Eastern uh, in Paris. I got to go great. with the home country. I, I, I slipped up a little bit. I thought the Germans play that technically, you know, excellent game. Uh, it's hard to tell against Italy because Italy mucks it up. Germany right. prevailed. I thought Germany would give France a hard time. They actually played fairly well. France just executed on a couple of German errors. But I think Germany was a good test for France. France is, is, is just too much. And they're the home country. And it'll be in Paris. Uh, Portugal, you know, before this game, and Wales is not as strong a team as, as some others, so they were kind of a, a fortunate to be in the semis, but this Portugal team didn't really play well. They weren't leading in regulation until the semifinals. So I figure getting out of the knockout stages, three matches, and then two matches, and five matches, they didn't lead at all in regulation. They went to penalty right. kicks. They went to overtime. So that they're not really clicking until the last, you know, game and a half, two games. But are they close? So, and is that what you need to be? I mean, when you, you do look, at look it's one right game. Too. You're right. It's one yeah. game. It's clutch, and obviously all the focus. They, they've got a couple young players, and obviously Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, is going to get a bunch of the attention. But what's interesting is that this matchup between you know France's uh, star player and Portugal's star player are both playing out what happened in the Spanish uh, in, in Spain. And in the championship of uh, the Champions League, because this is it's the same matchup of Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. So uh-huh. if you're not into European soccer, pay attention. This is some good stuff happening right now. We won't talk about this probably at this level until two years from now when they go World Cup comes back. But this is some really good soccer. So 3 p.m. Eastern, check it out. Paris, be ready. Good soccer. I think Paris, the hometown, ushers in the French team, and they win. The French get it done. I think they win. I think they win pretty easily. I think they win. I'm gonna say three one. Three one. They are very offensive, but I would say Portugal shows to me that they've got some speed to make it, you know, a closer game. I, you know, I think I'm gonna go with Ronaldo. I just think uh, it's it's his time, and I'm seeing greatness. But remember, he's got other players and other teammates that step up and, 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 and you know, show out and shine. So I, I'm actually going to go 3-2 Portugal. And I think they uh, kind of uh, – that wouldn't be shocking, but I think they kind of surprise people because, you know, they kind of have come up short all the time, you know. And maybe I think it, it's time where they uh, – they break through, baby. How about that? And get it done. Speaking okay. of breaking through and getting it done, 
Um, let's look at the men first. And, you know, we, everybody knows we already talked about the Joker getting upset. But how about the Federer, Roger, the machine? And we thought maybe he had one more in him. Well, not so fast, Ray. He gets taken down by the Canadian. So not was it not Natchik? Natchik Natchik? I forgot how you say his name, but he he got it done. Milos. <laughs> yeah, and Federer was up two sets to one. So you thought Federer came off a tough tiebreaker, won the set, second set, then wins the third set, and is up two one, but then the tables get turned, and then he loses the. He loses seven five, and then loses in that in that fifth set six three. So you know everybody want uh, everybody. I wanted a Federer uh, Andy Murray rematch, but it wasn't to be. So you know the whole country is going to be pulling for Andy Murray. Um, so Sunday's final should be very interesting. This but is, is, he, for is Murray he ready? To, is he ready to get it done again? And, and I think at home it will help. I think I believe. so. I think so. We talked about this. I believe this would be his third major if he wins it, um, yeah. second Wimbledon. And um, you, you kind of got to root for him. But sometimes the underdogs are an exciting story. Now, in the women, we almost had a, a Williams final, which, you know, I forgot what number that would have been. But um, they've I, think had, that been, I think they've played eight times. I think that would have been nine. That, how amazing. I mean, do we really appreciate them and, and Serena? I think not. I think they're some of the most underrated. And she said she wants to not just be recognized as the greatest tennis player, but one of the best athletes, period, and not just female athletes. And I think she has a great case. And I think, I think people got to search their hearts, Ray, and stop. And we talk about it because we respect her, but people got to stop hating on Serena. She is such a I, I don't know what, what there is to hate on. I mean, she <laughs> is unbelievable. She's been dominant consistent and just an elite athlete for 15 years. Oh, amazing. Amazing. 34. And she's about to win. Uh, Cause what is she too short of the all time of, um, yeah, Steffi? she's got, she just, she's looking for major amazing. 22. And then she, if she gets to 24, she'll be the all time leader. And she's lost in three straight major finals. So she could theoretically <laughs> even be there right now, but uh, she's just awesome. She's dominant, yeah. and and you know it's it's a beauty to see how good she is, how much she still works on her game. Yeah, maybe she doesn't play in all the minor tournaments, and she kind of saves herself for the majors. But you know what? Let's be real. At her age and what she's accomplished in life, she can do that. So oh, those course. majors are what it's all about. And and stop complaining. Get off her back. She's awesome. No, you, you're totally right. Um, it's just going to be fun to watch, and we'll see. And, you know, this is one of those things, right, where people, and she talks about it, equal pay. And I think most decent people feel that, you know, look, equal work, equal pay for the sexes and the genders. It, it should just be that. But also the women's soccer team brought it up, and now you'll see it with tennis, right? I think the ratings on Saturday's championship for the women will probably take out Sundays for the men. And I think, you know, obviously it's a numbers business with sports, but I think, you know, we, we've got to start to, you know, make the pay even a little bit closer. There's, there's a pretty, pretty huge gap uh, in, in tennis that um, 
you know, you, you, you'd think at this point it would be closed. Yeah, or, especially because women's tennis has carried, you know, there have been times, there have been years where the men had nothing to write home about. Now, you know, obviously with Federer and Djokovic and, and Nadal, and Mar- men, men have something to write home about. But there was about five, ten years ago, the women, it was all about the women. Nothing was interesting Look, on the men's side. You're totally right, Ray. The women were, were dominating and were basically – they how about this? They were dominating like Theo Epstein is dominating the All Star game. So let's well, go. To and that. his old team, the Red Sox, are dominating too. <laughs> yep, it's uh, you know he you can't say it yet because he needs to you know maybe win that other title, but it's going to come down to the point where you're going to have to say he's probably already top five, but eventually you're going to have to say he might go down because he's still crazy young as the best uh, GM in baseball history. He's going to yeah, be up sure. with Sabian and, and, you know, the, the guy, um, you know, built the big red machine and, and um, uh, Pat, uh, Pete Gillick, you know, the blue Jays. I mean, you're going to, we're going to have to start to, you know, give him those props. What does he have? 11 of the, all-stars between the Red Sox and Cubs? Something yeah, some of them are not his, though, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he, yeah, he definitely has a bunch. So let's go through it. We've got the starters. Uh, look, the home run derby's on Monday. The All-Star game's Tuesday. Monday, we'll make our picks, but we've been neglecting baseball, so it's, it's time to, to get into some baseball. You want to give us the AL starters first, Ray? Or Yeah, let's do that. So we got Sal Perez from the Royals. Cosmer from the Royals. You'll see a theme with the Royals and the Red Sox. Jose Altuve at second base for the Astros. Manny Machado, third base for the Orioles. Shortstop Xander Bogarts from the Red Sox. Young boy, he's nice. Outfielder Mike Trout from the Angels. Outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr., he of the 26-game hitting streak from the Red Sox. Outfielder Mookie Betts also had a home run streak. Little guy had a home run streak. Uh, and then the DH is David Ortiz, who might be having a, a, a career that makes a lot of people think, should he even be retiring? But I think he's oh, going to retire. He's, yeah, the last season. So the reserves, real quick, you got Voight and Weeters at catcher from the A's and the Orioles, Miguel Cabrera from the Tigers, Robinson wait, wait, Cano. Wait, 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 stop right there. Doesn't that almost sound crazy that you're talking about Miguel as, you know, the, the backup? As a yeah, reserve. the backup to Eric Hosmer. Now, you that's could argue that. That's why I had to pause you there, because that's a serious pause for me. The big cat, who's probably been the best player and hitter for the last five seasons, you know, you that's could about, say Trout. It's only about this year, but still, that's ridiculous. No, I know. Robinson Cano, but you know what? Robinson Cano and Jose Altuve are both going to be in the MVP race, so you can you can live with that one because Jose Altuve is yeah. leading the league in hitting. Yeah. Uh, Josh Donaldson last year's MVP at third. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Francisco Lindor, Lindor from the yeah, Indians. Man, <clears throat> and Eduardo Nunez, <clears throat> the old Yankee from the Twins. And then we got Carlos Beltran, the current Yankee. Current Yankee. Ian Desmond from the Ranger from the Rangers. Mark Trumbo, the home run hitting machine from the Orioles, and then Edwin Encarnacion from the Blue Jays. So, and I'll just go through the 
starting pitchers. Yeah, let's go to the whole AL. Yeah. So let's go to pitchers. Yeah, pitchers. Yeah, so you have Estrada from the Blue Jays, Hamels from the Rangers, Corey Kluber from the Indians, Salazar from the Indians, Chris Sale from the White Sox, Stephen yeah. Wright from the Red Sox, and then we got Dellen Batances from our Yankees. Mm-hmm. We've got Brack from the Orioles. We've got Colome from the from the Rays. We got Wade Davis again from the Royals. He's hurt. Wade Harris, Astros. Kevin Herrera from the Royals. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell from the Red Sox, and Andrew Miller from our Yankees. So three Yankees. We can't be upset. Overall, I gotta say. As you're reading this, you feel like it's, you know, Red Sox, Royals, Indians. And, you know, you got to be okay with that. Um, you know, uh, my boy Archer's had a disappointing season for the Rays, you know, started off slow. I guess he's getting a little bit better. But that reserve bench, I mean, for the American League, you're talking about two of the last, what, three or four MVPs in Donaldson and Cabrera. Um, Robinson, who started off like gangbusters. Um, we both like Voight. This is going to be, um, and I love Lindor. I mean, look, this Indian team, a 14-game winning streak, Ray, uh, longest ever in their career, longest of the season. The Indians have been playing great ball, and the American League has got a pound squad. I mean, they're, it's a machine. But, you know, it's not like the National League is scrubs. Is there more well, let's talk about it. Well, okay. No, no. Go, go, go. Let me ask you this. Before you go to it, real quick, is there any AL uh, – it's hard, right, because the fans vote the uh, starters. Oh, did we get the two guys? I know they were trying to put in Lamb for the National League, and I forgot who they – you know, the fan vote, the one player. Did they announce that yet? No, I, I don't think that, that's, that. Not, that's not announced yet, I don't think. Okay, okay. But is there one player, a uh, starter, that maybe you're like, hmm – the fans totally got it wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about obviously Eric Hosmer. Um, look, all those Red Sox deserved it. So I think Hosmer oh, yeah. won. You could argue at some point in time, Jackie Bradley Jr. Mookie Betts were all worthy of it. So, uh, I mean, I, I, that's the only one I have a problem with is Hosmer, really. Okay, that's fair. I, I would agree with you with Hosmer. Um, you know, I don't know if you, like you said, Altuve and Cano, it's sort of back Sal and forth. Perez, I mean, he's not really hitting so well, So, uh, but catcher's kind of a weak position in the American League. So maybe yeah. Stephen Voigt can, can squeeze his way in there. No, I, w- I would agree. I think it's, it's pretty uh, pretty solid. Let, let's go to the NL. Break, break it down for me. What All right, got? so you got Buster Posey from the Giants. And then you got a whole bunch of Cubs. The whole infield is Cubs. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo at first, Ben Zobrist at second, Chris Bryant at third, and Addison Russell at short. So That's it's amazing. an all-Cub infield, three, <laughs> four, five, six. You got to love it. And then you got Juana Cespedes, who's right up there in RBI and home runs, Dexter Fowler for the Cubs, and then your boy Hype, your boy Harper, for the yeah. Nationals. My guy. Yeah. Uh, now the reserves. So you got Jonathan Bless Lucroy that. from the Brewers, Wilson Ramos from the Nationals. Your boy from 
Arizona, who was a little underachieving this year. I had him on a couple of fantasy teams. Paul Goldschmidt from the but Diamondbacks. He's it up the, last, the last month and a half, he's picked it up. Right. Daniel Murphy, who was leading the league in hitting for much of the season. Nolan Arenado, who we say is an MVP candidate. Matt Carpenter from the Cardinals. He's, he's banged up. Corey Seager, shortstop for the Dodgers. Yeah. Almeida Diaz. The rookie for the Cardinals doing big things. Big things. And then in the outfield, you've got Adam Duvall from the Reds, Cargo, Carlos Gomez from the Rockies, Odubel Herrera from the Phillies, and Ozuna from the Marlins. Marcel Ozuna from the Marlins. Who is Adam Duvall? Can you you pick him out in the lineup? I mean, I heard people talking about that today, and I was like, I don't know who Duvall is. (laughs) No, he's doing okay. He's, He's basically hitting like Todd Frazier did last year. Yeah. He won yes. that home run derby. So this kid Duvall is, is he's young but he's he's got a big stick. He's he's a good player. What happened to our boy Trevor Story? Well, his story got shut down. <laughs> his story <laughs> ended <laughs> prematurely. Yeah, the young kid. He'll he'll get his props later. Let's go to the NL pitchers. All right. So you got Jake Arietta, Madison but it's like a who's who. Jake Arrieta from the Cubs, Madison Bumgarner from the Giants, Johnny Cueto from the Giants, Jose Fernandez from the Marlins, Clayton Kershaw from the Dodgers, who's on the DL, John Lester from the Cubs, Steven Strasburg from the Nats, Noah Syndergaard from the Mets, and Julio Tehran from the Braves. That starting pitching staff might be the best ever. Unbelievable from the National. That might be the best ever. I mean, they blow away the American League starters. Yeah, but also Bumgarner won't be doing it. Now they're saying that's why he wants to get the whole run. And um, Cologne has been added. Right. From the so that's, that's a hit because obviously you can't replace the Madison Bumgarner. And then relievers, no. Familia from the Mets, Kenley Jansen from the Dodgers. Hey, is that Familia Pizza? Is that Familia Pizza on Amsterdam in 96? <laughs> They've expanded. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're in the airports. They're all over the place. <laughs> Mark Melanson from the Pirates, A.J. Ramos from the Marlins, and Fernando Rodney, who is now of the Marlins. So the Marlins actually have two relief pitchers in the game. It's pretty funny. That is very funny. That is very funny. Um, I love the National League pitching. Um, Maybe the AL has better relievers, and the NL has clearly way better starters. Um, Listen, you've got to go back to, like, Gibson, Drysdale, those guys, and then maybe, like, the, you know, pitchers when you had the Mets and Nolan Ryan and those guys. This might be, Ray, we'd have to go back and look at, at, at rosters from All-Star games because, you know, there were some great ones, 60s, 70s, and then in the mid-80s with, the, the like I said, the Mets and Nolan Ryan and all that and Mike Scott. But this is insane. I mean – from, you know, Arietta to Lester to Kershaw. Now, Kershaw is banged up, though, so will he be a go? I don't know if he's still going to come. No, he's on the DL. He's on the DL. Yeah, so, so he's, he's not going to replace him. On paper, though, that, that, that's the best pitching staff that I've, I think we've ever seen. I mean, this is crazy. Think about the number of Cy Youngs that you have there. you got Arietta with a Cy Young. Bumgarner <laughs> won, uh, you know, basically won a World Series on his back. Johnny Quay was always in the in the running for Cy Young. Jose Fernandez was a was a uh, he didn't win Cy Young, but he was almost a triple crown winner. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw's yeah. got three Cy Youngs. Lester's got a no hitter 
a couple of no hitters. Strasburg might be the you know the, the the young phenom with the Tommy John surgery who just signed his huge contract because he yeah. was the what did he win? He won eleven in a row before his first loss. I mean, and Julio Tehran's having a great season in his own right, and he's the last guy on the list. It's absurd, right? <laughs> I, I mean, this honestly could be like a, a one-one game in the twelve inning. I mean, you know, this is where the managers. And what sucks is a couple of things. We all hate that it counts, right? Um, in terms of home field, it should just go by best record. So that's annoying, especially because this is an all-star game where it's not like the NBA in the sense that with baseball, everybody's got to get at least one player. So maybe you could debate that, you know, it's not the best of the best in the sense that, there's, you know, maybe, you know, somebody from the Brewers or the Twins that you're like, ah, they're not really an all-star, whatever, right? But it shouldn't be for home field. But then towards the end of the game, you're like going from the very, very best. They can't play all nine innings, right? Because the manager's still guilty and want to get guys in. So it's just, this is going to be fascinating to see how the managers play this out and to see how the game goes, Um but it's in San Diego, um, which, you know, but we're still going to have the DH, which is fascinating. Because I thought in the National League parks they were stopping that. But I guess they, just for the All-Star game, they, they're just doing it anyway, huh? Yeah, most people want to see the oh, of course. more players play and more hitters hit. So, yeah. It's well, you brought the commissioner. Fun. We're about a year or two away from it being the DH across the board. It you know, has to be. Have, I think I, yeah. I used to think the other way, but I've changed my mind because of the simple fact that after high school, pitchers don't hit. So if yeah. it's a huge glaring flaw and nobody works on that part of your trade, then it's a joke that you actually don't hit. And it's not you know? worth it on the, on the base path, Ray. These pitchers, for them to get hurt when they are the horse of your bullpen, the horse of your rotation, you can't, you know, lose a pitcher to a sprained knee or an Achilles because he tripped up on the bases. That's absurd, you know. And, I mean, they're too and valuable. And you know what? You're right. And so when it comes to a vote, I don't see who votes for it. I mean, the the GMs and the owners would. Right, I mean, unless you're trying to suppress scores, and maybe you have a, a pitcher's ballpark, I don't know. I don't know who votes against it when it goes to a vote. Is what I'm saying. So, no, you're right. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We'll talk more baseball next week. I think we did. Uh, we did a good job introducing the All Star festivities. We'll talk about the home run derby on Monday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, real quick before we end the show, Ray. Uh, the NFL, the players just did their top 100 and did their, their voting. And Cameron Jarrell Newton was number one. You had Brady, two, J.J. Watt, three, my boy, A.B., Antonio Brown, four, and all day, Adrian Peterson, five. Would you be shocked to know that Aaron Rodgers was six? You had no corners in the top ten. I think uh, Odell Beckham was ten, Julio Jones, nine. Uh, Luke Keekley, uh eight, and then um, 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 and Gronkowski was seven. Um, so would you be surprised to, to hear that Aaron Rodgers was six or because of not having Jordy Nelson, 
would you be like, okay, that's the year he had, you know? Cause, you know. I think it's the flavor of the month. I think that a lot of these guys are not able to look at the league in perspective and to, you know, look at the last five years and say, Aaron Rodgers is best playing football. I'm sorry. Uh, he plays the most important position, and he's the best player in football. If you want, no, no, but Cam they don't do career; they do right now. So I mean, that's no, what I know, it is. I know, I know. But if you want to say Cam Newton did more with less and did something that maybe nobody else could do, bring a team that we all thought would be terrible offensively to the champ to the uh, forty-five Super Bowl. touchdowns, that's, thirty-five that's passes, forty-five touchdowns. That's crazy. That's fine, but but then Aaron Rodgers has to be next so, ahead of Brady. You know, ahead of Brady. At this point in his career, I think so. But, you know, he can't be six. You know what I mean? He can't be no, six. No, so- I, I, I totally agree. I was, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of tweeting, uh, Ray and Tay with Shannon Sharp, and, you know, um, still waiting to hear from Shannon, and maybe we'll get him on the show. I wanted to find out uh, who his top five tight ends were of all time because he uh we you know he had a little tweet about you know saying how dominant Gronk is and he's like no J.J. Watt is more dominant and I'm like okay you know but LT you know and Reggie White would go before Gronk before uh J.J. Watt and then a lot of people yeah, and I also was saying Deacon Jones you know you have to put up there in terms of just not you know one position but dominant defensive players um right. Right now, you've been ahead of me on Odell Beckham. Do you, do you still – would you basically say he's behind Antonio and Julio? Is he your third best wide receiver in the league? Sure. I think that Antonio Brown is the perfect little guy. And yeah, Julio he's on guard. Jones is the perfect big guy. Big guy. <laughs> and I think that Odell Beckham – might have more pass-catching talent than both of them. Mm. His hands are phenomenal. No, and you're right. He runs great routes. And, and, I mean, it's hard to say somebody's better than Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown does it when everybody knows that he's doing it, right? He's got no decoys. But I, I, I love that guy, Odell Beckham, man. And look, I'll take any of those three. I mean, I think they're – I think it's splitting hairs. They're, they all play slightly differently, but give me any of those three, and I'm a happy quarterback. Definitely. Training camp is in three weeks. We'll be back Monday to talk, uh, you know, MLB. We'll get into the home run derby, give you our all-star prediction. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy Wimbledon and, and the Euro Championship. Yeah, Ray's got France. I've Tay's got um, Portugal. Yes, everybody, be safe, be peaceful at the protest this weekend, and just uh, just love one another, people. Please, just love one another. Come on, let's let's do this. Thanks for listening. Have a great have weekend. a great fourth weekend. Out.